0: All right, let's look in our Bibles again at uh, Ezekiel chapter 14 as we look at text there about Satan when before he fell as an angel. And we're going to notice the rest of information there about him. Uh, let's see here. I gave you the wrong text. Let me Let me remember where I need to be. Ezekiel 28, I think, is where we need to go. It's Isaiah 14 is another text on that I think that's what I was thinking of yes Ezekiel 28 chapter 28 and we have this information about Satan it has to I think it has to apply to him he says this being was in the Garden of Eden and he was in a he was a cherub a cherub we've seen is the name for an angel let's talk about an angel who was in the Garden of Eden and he's a privileged angel and uh, we believe this refers to Satan, and we saw there that uh, he had a special privilege of being a top angel of covering the throne of God, which is something the angels do. That's kind of special with their wings; they cover the things in the uh, in heaven, which is a, a temple of God. And God gave them that special uh, duty and activity. And Satan apparently had the chief spot covering the throne of God. And he, as he sat there and covered the throne, place where God sat, he began to think, I want that spot. I don't want to be up here second. I want that spot. I want God's spot. I want the top spot. That's what Satan did. He said, I want to be like the Most High. I want to be God. And that's where Satan fell. And he's been an enemy of God ever since. And what he does is he was cast down here to the earth where he operates. He still kind of had access to heaven at times, the Bible indicates, but his, his area was down here. And he came down to man that God had made, and he has been uh, carrying out a uh, diligent work to corrupt man on the earth To get man to sin against God, and that's how he's fighting against God, trying to get back at God. He's trying to corrupt man's way on the earth. And he has different things he tries to use to do that. And one of those things is what we're going to see here this morning that he talks about that Satan had special gifts in. God gave Satan as an angel special abilities in a certain area. And it very makes a whole lot of sense then as he would use that. He would use those abilities here on the earth to try to lead people away from God and lead people into sin. <clears throat> and that area is music. We're going to talk about that this morning. And this is an area that brings a lot of emotions with it. Uh, some deep emotions because music is emotional. Um, that's part of why it's powerful. But I encourage you to have an open mind to what we look at today and what I'm going to share with you and to consider the reality of these things is that Satan is very involved in music today and we need to be on guard about that. All right, let's uh, pick it up in verse 13. Well, let's just, we can start verse 12 where it starts. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. And as I said last time, let me just explain. He's speaking to the king of Tyre, a man, but he's speaking about Satan because Satan is involved in controlling this king of Tyre is basically how why it's laid out this way. So he's talking about Satan when he says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. All right, so here Scripture tells us what was going on in his heart, that Satan was, anno- he was decorated with a lot of beauty. He was... Decorated by God with these stones, uh, names all these precious stones. He was quite a sight. He was made to display the beauty of God. But Satan looked at that and said, man, I'm really something. I'm really something. Look what I look like. And I deserve to be worshipped. I deserve to be the top because of his own self-centeredness of his own beauty. That's what the scripture tells us here. That's what caused him, motivated him to want to have God's throne. He thought, I deserve to be worshiped, look at me. Look how, look how uh, what I look like, I ought to be worshiped. And he wanted to be worshiped as God, and, and that was his sin. But notice the reference back at the end of verse 13, that he had abilities with music. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. God made Satan with the ability to play music and he had uh, either the ability to play these, or this was a part of his being, uh, perhaps. Uh, But it refers to music, that he was created with the ability of music, and that ability, like we've been talking about in this whole study, is that God gifted angels with the ability with music to praise him, and that is a big thing that the angels do. They sing and they worship around the throne of God and provide music. God gifted the angels with music and Satan here, I believe it indicates Satan was the top angel that he was the leader. He was the choir leader of the angels so to speak. And he had a lot of musical abilities. Therefore what happened was when he was cast down to the earth he brought all that with him and he decided he was going to use that for not for now for good. God made music to promote what is good and moral and upright, to sing about what's good and to sing then about what is, what is godly about God. That's what music was made for. That's what the angels do. They sing about the holiness of God in heaven. Satan was cast down and his heart became evil and now he decided to use music to promote evil. Promote what is wrong. Sing about what's wrong and immoral. And in doing so, he is now not praising God, he's praising an idol, he's praising false gods. And that is the two characteristics of Satan's music on the earth today. It sings about things that are wrong, things that are immoral. A big part of it is things that are sexually immoral. And the music is is arranged so that it tries to stir up. Feelings of immorality in the flesh to try to move people and lead people into what is immoral. And in doing that, it is promoting and worshiping a false god, idols, and ultimately it's exalting Satan. Because good music is singing about doing what God wants you to do and that exalts God. Bad music is... Sings about what Satan wants you to do, doing what's wrong, and that then only exalts Satan. It's actually, whether a person realizes it or not, it's a form of worshiping Satan. Because you're doing what he wants you to do. If it's immoral, and wrong, and evil. So we got to realize, And if you just look at the world, it, it, you see it, there are two forms of music in the world. There is good music and there's bad music. The good music is from God. The bad music is from Satan. And that's the reality. And we have to be on guard about that. And that means there's some music that will not be good for us. And we need to stay away from it and uh, realize it's, it's a problem. Contrary to the common thinking today, within Christianity, within the church, it's very common. It's the majority opinion is that music is neutral. That music doesn't matter. It's neutral. And that's simply not true. It is simply, simply not true. Both in the lyrics and the musical part of it, the instrumental part of it. It's a part of it. It's not neutral. It is a part. And that's that's the reality. We need to be on guard about that. We need to be wise about that. Now, I want to look now at a text where we see an example of this and see uh, further characteristics of what this involves that would warn us. Go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 32. And this is where uh, Israel sinned after they came out of Egypt. That's all God did. They were redeemed by Him and now Satan gets involved trying to mess up what God is doing on the earth with his people. And this involves music. Notice, uh, first, they wanted to build a golden calf, an idol to worship it. And then, pick it up, verse 6. Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. What did this involve? Go now to verse uh, 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. But he said, Moses, it is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot. and He cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Now go over to verse 20, 25. Now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Moses had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. Now just look at the characteristics here: is that it says they rose up to play and to have this celebration or not we call it celebration but this idol worship idolatry of the golden calf and they began to sing and to dance around it that's what it says they moses said they're singing and then he came and saw them dancing around this golden calf and it describes it as playing and also verse 25 that they were unrestrained They were just going wild, so to speak. They were not controlling themselves. They were giving themselves over to whatever they felt. They were jumping around, dancing, singing, and they were unrestrained. I submit to you that is an exact description of a rock concert today. What they were doing was what you would see and experience at a rock and roll concert. This is what description fits. Is they're dancing, throwing their bodies around, moving around, whatever, in an unrestrained way, totally out of control, totally wild, whatever they feel, whatever they can just imagine to do, they're doing. That is the characteristics of what Satan's music does. It stirs up sinful desires, sinful emotions that are unrestrained through singing and dancing, and it leads people into sin. Moses went on and he ordered them to go and start killing people, and they did as a judgment. It doesn't say it particularly here, but I think that the wording points to that there was this also promoted immorality there was immorality going on i would say to you though it's not explicitly spelled out in this text it is in the rest of the bible that a chief part of satan's work and that comes out in sinful flesh ends many times in the sin of immorality sexual immorality it for the uh, a a Prominent sin that's a problem among humanity is getting out of control where people who aren't married get involved romantically and have a relationship that they should not have who are not married to each other. both That's both before two people are married and they get involved romantically beyond what they should and then two people that are married and they get involved romantically with other people that they aren't married to. Both of those situations are stirred up and are fueled by Satan's music. I believe that's what was going on here. But uh, in the New Testament, talks about the sins of the flesh and chief among it is fornication, sexual immorality. It makes the top of the list. Very prominent. It is a huge problem in our human condition is the unrestrained desires of the flesh. And God's work in us is to Uh, Turn us away from that and to restrain ourselves into what is right and what is best. Because the human heart is broken, it is corrupted, and it may feel all this stuff that doesn't make it right. There's been a lot of people who had the emotions and wanted to kill somebody, and they've done that. That didn't make it right. They had the emotions, they may even felt like they were justified. It didn't make it right, though. We can have feeling, and a lot, and that's what involves uh, with this. Uh, There're gonna be a lot of feelings about the lust of the flesh that are very powerful, very strong, but it doesn't make them right. And God is trying to redeem us from that. Just like Satan, he got all puffed up in pride about his beauty. He felt it; it was strong, but it was all wrong, and he fell. And the same thing with. This situation and Satan does that in the world. He uses music to uh, stir up wrong passions in people. That a lot of it is for the goal of pushing them toward and moving them toward sexual immorality, in an unrestraint, throwing off all restraint, and doing whatever they feel and what they feel in the evil human heart. A lot of times is immoral. Sexual immorality. And just like it brought death and destruction here upon Israel, it brings death and destruction in the world today. It brings destruction in relationships and marriages and people's sanities. And that's what Satan's after. He's after destroying people. Jesus said, Satan... Uh, is the thief who comes not only to steal and kill and destroy? That's what he's after. That's his end game. He makes it look good. That's a part of his trickery. He makes it look good, really uh, looks like it looks good, feels good, sounds good, but it's it's uh, it's destruction, and that's his goal. And I submit to you that's a lot of what goes on with his music. Music is powerful, and it does appeal to our flesh. And a lot of the Satan's music does sound good. Sounds good to us. That's why it's so popular. But that doesn't make it right. And it makes it very uh, deceptive because it pulls people in and they don't really fully realize what they're getting pulled into, although they're very willing to cooperate because it makes them feel good. And I believe that's the scene we have in the world today. And here, let me throw out just this, Practical reality. And here's the reality in the world. Uh, Satan uses music in this way. Is, uh, you'll see it. Well, don't go see it. I wouldn't encourage you to go see it. But if you walked into, on the weekends, Friday and Saturday nights, you can walk into, if you walked into a, a bar, a club, you will see this. This is what goes on. Every Friday and Saturday nights is there will be a club and a bar and they'll be selling, serving alcohol because see that, that, that gets people that gets people with their defenses down. It gets them unrestrained like the Israelites here where they, they, they cast off restraint and any normal standards and restraints and say, no, I don't need to do that. Alcohol takes all that away. Yeah, let's do whatever. So they're going to sell alcohol, number one. And then the people, they're going to put on the music and people are going to get out on the dance floor and they're going to start jumping around and dancing and doing all this stuff unrestrained to music that is very upbeat, that is singing about immorality. And it's all for the purpose of getting those people to sin, to get them to commit immoral acts with somebody they're not married to to commit a sin. That's what Satan's after. And it happens weekend after weekend after weekend. I mean, I've never gone and been a part of that. I've heard other people talk about it. I've heard uh, Christians testify about it afterward and say this was the scene. They go to these clubs to meet somebody. And it's somebody they're not married to. And a lot of them are already married. And they're going to meet up with somebody that they're not married to. And a lot of times the person they meet up with is married to somebody else. And they go out on the dance floor and they're dancing together to the music. And it all creates the temptation to have a relationship with that other person. And it happens time after time after time. It's all for the purpose of them going then home together and having a relationship they shouldn't have and that plays out over and over and over and what is the tool how does that how does it happen music is a big big part of that and it's satan's music that's that's what was happening here that's what was happening at the golden calf and that is what satan uses over and over and over in our culture today uh, it's powerful it works and uh Its purpose is to corrupt people's way on the earth, primarily in being sexually immoral. And my warning to you is that's Satan's way. Don't have, if you want to serve God, if you want to follow God, don't participate in that. It will pull you into it. It's very powerful. You put yourself in that environment. You you put that music in your head and it will take you down that road. That's just the reality. And that's, my purpose is just in warning you. That's the reality. There is this, this is the reality of this music, and Satan is behind it. Further evidence of that is just look at uh, the wording of the music. It blatantly sings about immorality. A lot of the, the topic in the songs, if you go from country and western to rock and roll, it's about how they broke up and had a divorce and now they're getting with somebody else. Or it's a lot about looking and lusting and I want to I wanna have a relationship with you. It's all immoral wording and, and uh, topics that it's seen about to some uh, appealing music and the only result of that is going to push people toward that. And the reality is our sinful hearts, we don't need any pushing toward it. We don't need any help that way. And the music, though, is a tool of Satan to take people down that road and it's bringing a lot of destruction in people's lives. People aren't, aren't saved. Uh, you know, that's where they're at. But Christian people, that's not what God has for us. And we need to be on guard about that, stay away from that and realize realize the problem in it realize how satan uses it some of the music today has just gotten so i mean it's totally satanic totally just blatantly evil it's obvious it's from satan it's just full of vulgarity just vilest words and it's all a lot of sexual immorality words it's from satan Satan is using this in the world today. So be wise about that. Don't put this in your mind. You put it in your mind and it is going to do a lot of damage in your mind. It is even, you see uh, a lot of even more blatant stuff where uh, you will see it today that um, where sh- times of some of the music, uh, the, the curtains really are pulled back and it's obvious it's about Satan. Uh, and this has happened several times with some of the, uh, it happened at uh, a recent Olympic ceremony where they were doing music. It happened at one of the awards ceremony, I don't remember if it was the Grammys or uh, Music Awards, where they had a song that they did and they they had this person come out dressed up. I think they had like a goat head on. It was a satanic, obvious satanic symbol, like a goat head and some kind of animal head. And they're dancing around, and it was an obvious just worshiping Satan. I mean, it wasn't even hidden. It was like, this is Satan, let's worship him. This is happening today through the music because Satan is behind this music. It's sat- satanic, it is ultimately the worship of Satan. And he will try to, and a big part of it is leading people down the road of sexual immorality. To destroy their lives to, re- to put them in rebellion against god to break the seventh commandment where he says do not commit adultery which covers all the areas of sexual immorality just realize satan's doing a lot He's, this is a big tool of his we need to be wise about it because if if we uh if we're not wise if we're not on guard about it then then uh, you will be you will be sucked up in this And uh, Satan will have his way in your life. So music is, it is, uh, it is not harmless. It's not benign. It leads people down this road. Some further examples that I just see in culture of what's happening. you look at the dynamics, as I said, primarily it leads people down the road of sexual immorality. If you think about the last 50 years, we had a real, a real uh, change in our culture that started in the 50s and 60s. And I submit to you, a lot of that revolved around the music. That kicked it off. That fueled it. And one of the biggest ones that started this uh, modern time, where it started in the 50s, 60s, a really big slide down and in the 60s, you had what was called the, the sexual revolution. Uh, it was no accident. It was connected to the, the music was connected to that because that's what it produces. Like, that's what I've been saying. It's just obvious. This is what it produces. But uh, <clears throat> in the 60s, what were the ones that really kicked it off were the Beatles. And what happened there in that dynamic has been played over and over in, the, in every decade since then. And it's this you have a group of young guys. It can be a group of guys, it can be one guy. it's It's a young guy who's singing this appealing music that's stirring people's emotions up and primarily the draw, the big crowd that follows them at first are young girls. I was barely a few years old when The Beatles were in their heyday, and I heard some of their music, but I didn't know all the dynamics going on. I looked that up and and then saw the parallel to today. It's all about, it, it was just crazy what happened. You had these young men from England, and they would sing these songs that were appealing to the flesh. For the most part, initially, the crowd was full. The auditoriums were full of teenage girls screaming their heads off going bonkers i'm serious going bonkers they would pass out they had to have ambulances come to these concerts girls would get so worked up they would pass out from screaming and they would sit there i watched some of these concerts and they would pan on the concert on, on the crowd and these girls were just screaming the names of the of the guys john lennon paul mccartney were the two main ones And then you had the two other guys that were in the background. Every one of them were screaming one of their names. And they were just like totally overwhelmed by these guys. And it was obvious what was going on. They were romantically attracted to these guys. That's the dynamics of this. Young guys singing this appealing music. And these girls are just totally caught up. And they're in love with these guys. There's the dynamic of the music, is getting these girls down the road of sexual immorality. In fact, uh, one thing that happened was it was just the Beatles could not even go where in public. They had to have bodyguards to protect them from getting stampeded by groups of girls. The girls would come and chase them down the road. And they could have gotten killed. The girls were just like crazy. They were just out of their minds. Tell me the music was harmless. Tell me the music wasn't having an effect on them. It literally drove those girls crazy. They were out of their minds. They were just screaming after these guys, screaming their names. I love you. I love you. That's Satan's music. That's what he was after. And it worked. The Beatles were phenomenally popular. What began to happen then is when all the guys, they became really popular around the world. The guys saw this and were like, oh, we got to get in this too, you know. We can't let the girls just be a part of this. Primarily, I'm serious. I looked at, primarily it was girls all in the audience at first. When they began to be more popular, then it became everybody and the guys were in it. And they'd be there singing and dancing. The music was appealing. It was. Satan's deceptive, Satan's and it's appealing to our flesh. It's very appealing but it had a diabolical purpose and it led them down a bad road. And I submit to you, the the Beatles came popular in the beginning of the 60s. That's when they started. And it was at the end of the 60s when they were really world famous. I was born in 66. That's when they were really in their heyday. By the 70s, they began to break up and have problems, whatever, because that's what happens when you follow Satan. And then they broke up. But in 10 years, 10 years, it changed. It changed that generation to have the sexual revolution in the 60s and the 70s where they began to be hippies and go out and live all together and just have a relationship with this person and that person and this person and that person and this person. Anybody, anything goes. Where'd that come from? I tell you, it came from this music. That's where it came from. Satan's not dumb. He's got a plan. He's got tools and he's using it. And you can look at the world and see. That's exactly what happened. And we're still in it today. What happens every decade? There's some, there's some new uh, group of, of young boys, and all the girls go crazy over them. I don't even know the latest one. I, I've, I've seen others in past decades, you know. Uh, there was one in later decades, I don't remember their name, but there's young kids, and then there's, there was then another one that came after that. That's just what Satan does over and over. He uses this music to, to stir up these uh, passions of sexual immorality, to destroy people, overwhelm people. A lot of times it's the younger generation. And we've got to wise up. That's my message. We've got to wise up The Satan's tools. He's doing it over and over, and he's still doing it today. And music is a powerful tool of Satan that we need to be on guard about. In these two areas, basically these two areas, if a, if a song is singing about uh, sinful things, sinful words, use the sinful words, it sings about sinful topics, it's not of God, it's of Satan. You don't need to put it in your head. That's a basic thing here we get out of this. Satan's music is going to sing about wrong things. It's going to sing about drinking and dancing and, and, and going after this person and that person and and. What you got to watch out for, you know, a big topic, topic is love. And you got to really watch out. Now, there's, there's a good thing with marriage, marriage love. That's godly. That's good. But Satan will take that, and he'll sing about love, and then he'll take it down a wrong road. It's exactly what he did with the Beatles. When they first started singing, their, their first, uh, one of their big hits was, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Sounded a little harmless, even though I don't think it's totally harmless, but for most of the culture that, oh, it's harmless, they just want to hold your hand. And the girls would go crazy. Paul McCartney would say, I want to hold your hand. Every girl in the audience would go, oh, yes, hold my hand. And it sounded harmless at that point. Eventually, the Beatles' later song was, I want to give you all my love. You see that progression? That's where they took it, and that's where it went. And the sexual revolution of the 60s was the result. Satan starts out singing about love, and he takes it down the wrong road. And if that's a part of a song, if it's singing about um, immoral things, it's from Satan. It's not music that you ought to listen to if you want to follow God. If it's singing about uh, vulgar things, and of course, if it's about Satan, it's not of God that song of the award ceremony it was based i think it's blatantly it said satan we worship you that was the lyrics in the song that's pretty obvious that's what the world's going after that's what was at the award ceremony that's where all this music is headed and now it's all full-blown satan is gifted to music and he's using it today now i want to throw one more thing in before i end is The instrumental part of it is a part. It is not neutral. It can be used to stir up the emotions of what we saw here, the understrained nature, the uh, working up the energy in the flesh. That can be a tool of Satan that we have to be careful about. And and here's the difference. You say, well, all, all music can have some energy. Yeah, it can. But here's the difference. God's music can stir up our emotions. But it shouldn't be the, the main part of it. But, but here's the difference. God's music will stir up our emotions toward God, toward worshiping God, toward submitting to God, rejoicing in God. The emotions of Satan's music stirs up emotions toward sin. That's the difference. And so you need to evaluate in your own heart. And I would say the modern rock and roll music, primarily with a beat, I think is a, is a tool of Satan that stirs up our flesh toward, toward an unrestrained, uncontrolled attitude of saying, whatever, let's just do whatever. I believe that that's a part of it. And it's, that's a problem that that beat is just a part of what connects to the flesh and drives a person toward sexual immorality. And it needs to be, you need to be on guard about that. And you say, well, I, you know, I don't, that, that's, the, that, that's the area that a lot of Christians will debate about. But I would submit to you this, if it's not a part of it, then why does the world love the rock and roll beat so much? Why do they go after it so much? Why is it so much a part of their music? If it's not a part of it, if it doesn't, if it's neutral, if it has no real effects, if it doesn't appeal to the flesh in a sinful way, then why does the world love it so much? I would tell you that we can just look at what the unbelievers go after and you can see what are the elements that Satan uses. And a big part of it, again, that primarily started in the 50s and 60s was the modern rock and roll, which was an offbeat. It's a counterbeat that produces an emotional effect in a person toward opening them up to things that are they're wrong and simple and it serves to cast off restraint to say let's just do whatever and that at the rock concerts and in the bars i submit to you that a lot of times it's so loud and whatever they're not even hearing what the words say but that beat that beats there and it's having an effect and that's the big biggest part of the driving force of what's happening and it is a part of it, and I believe we need to open our eyes to that because Satan's used to say it's so prominent in their music, and I think that shows us of what a problem that that it is. So, this is a prominent part of angels, and we see it here with Satan. He was gifted with music, and it makes a whole lot of sense that he's going to take whatever he has and he's going to use it against God. And I believe we can just look at the world and see that He is doing that. He has done that. And we need to be wise about about that. Pursue music that moves you toward God, that promotes self-control and rejoicing and worshiping and, and obeying God. All right. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your gift of music. I pray you give us wisdom with these things. And just help us, Lord, help us not to be deceived. Help us not to be misled. And uh, give us wisdom in all these things in this area of music, in the world, in our own lives that, uh, that we can avoid anything that would be harmful to us. Help us to serve you and obey you in uh in our lives and in all we do in Jesus name we pray amen